Would you rather wake up and have a different curse brought upon you for every single morning or a different body deformation, which could increase or decrease your abilities every morning? Curse. Well, what kind of curse are we talking? Because, like... <laughs> That's like, I didn't care. Curse. No, 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 because some curses, like... like it, 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 it's going to rain on you all. You're just going to be, you're going to have wet feet all day. Like, okay, yeah, that sucks, but I can deal with it. And others are like, hey, crippling diarrhea. Like, I'm, yeah, not, I'm it, not about it. It changes every day, so any curse will will come about. I feel like it would be a wild ride. I think I would love the chaos of that. I would do curse every day. I think I, I, think I would, too, if it was short term, if I knew that there would be an end in sight for it, because I would get really good at managing my shit, and then when it's over... I'm just fucking capable of it, of doing anything. But that's the thing; but, is like yeah. it changes every day, so you know what the whatever curse is for that day is going to end. Right, but you never hit normalcy again. No. At, at least when I get a physical form, my big fucking toe is four times too big, or I've got a tooth that's poking inside of my cheek or something. At least I can handle that shit and hide it some of the time. When when the curse is weasels, just weasels. <laughs> You're going to have trouble hiding that at the office. I just imagine, like, this is all a Jumanji thing where you have monkeys following you around. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, all of a sudden your house is just covered with vines. Like, yeah. It's like, what witch cursed you today? Roll the dice, BB. And I hope that whatever the curse is, is gone by the next day. Because, I mean, sometimes the curse is just, your fingernails all fall off. But if they don't grow back the next day, like, do these stack? There's a lot of questions does, I have. Does, does, I love it. Can you imagine your dating life at that point, though? Like, <laughs> I'm imagining dating life with a, that physical deformity. I want to say, I want to say, the curse doesn't continue. But say, if like you lost all your fingernails, like you still have no fingernails the next day, but they're regrowing back. Okay, normal. all right, that's that's manageable at least. Like everything's short term, but. If the curse is a level one curse, I'm cool with it. But it could be a level eight it curse, could, it and could. I'm not about that shit. <laughs> like meteors and shit. Mm-hmm. At that point, we're talking omens and apocalypses. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so so you would take the I'm take, I'm body taking, deformations or yeah. the curses? No, I'm, ta- I'm taking the deformities. Absolutely, the deformities. Curses. Curses. There are people that live every day with deformities, and they can make it through. Yep. So a lot of people that are cursed. Don't make it through the day. And you know what? I'm here for that chaos. <laughs> day one, sinkhole. Bam. <laughs> what a jo- What a treat. <laughs> sinkhole, just as a treat. Yeah, I think I would take the the body stuff. Because, you know, it's like I can look like a fomorian. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. They make it work, you know? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic Podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on monsters in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan, and with me today are Casey and Adam, and this episode is called Big B's Giant Updates Unsealing the Fates of Fomorians. So there's a visual pun that goes with this, these. T- they're, they're, it's a spelling. Never mind. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I I just had to really not say Biz, Bigsby. <laughs> Bigsby yeah. every Bigsby. time. Oh, <laughs> well, good. 
In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of dungeon masters is going to look at Fomorians and the monstrous stat blocks in Big B Presents Glory of the Giants. Before we go any further, did you guys see the original breakdown of like the monstrous question that I had lined up here before that I deleted before we hit record? Yes. Yeah, it was this <laughs> super serious question about like beauty standards and stuff, and I'm like, all right. I like that you're talking to pretty much the wrong people for beauty standards. Right now. <laughs> Physical deformities. I, we, we, we've agreed on this. Curses. I love curses. Like, like the problem is maybe the curse is the physical deformity. Like, it's. But, <laughs> But I do want to ask, how badly does someone have to cross you before you put a curse, not just on them, but on their entire fucking family tree moving forward? Especially if you know for a fact it's going to work. Are you going to roll for this Yeah, one? let's roll Let's for roll, because I've got some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're just like, you do it! Alright, 12. Uh, 17. 11. Uh, I will never put a curse on someone, because the one thing I can't be is guilty. I can't feel it. I've got a hard line in my heart where I'm like, where I can, I can tread past it into sociopathic. You are dead to me and I will fucking just, I will not touch the brakes if you're crossing the street in front of me. But until they cross that line, I don't want to do them like immeasurable harm. And there are babies down the line. Why would I curse the babies? This what hope if, for the future. What if you curse them to not have babies? Oh, I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's cool. done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but their poor grandmother in the East Coast somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> She's had her time. It was a good run. <laughs> I like at first I was like, it would not take a lot for me to curse someone's entire family. Like, it would not. Like, to be fair though, I'm the kind of person that I it takes a lot for me to get mad. Like mm-hmm. a lot for me to get mad. To the point where when I do get mad, it's not a good time for anybody involved. Yeah. So I like to think that it would it would <clears throat> technically take a lot because I'd have to get to that point to actually want to one curse someone or be curse their entire family. But God, do I want to? But I won't because I agree I would not be able to live with that guilt. There's like a part of me that just like my desire to ruin someone's life stops at me being the cause of your life being ruined. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see someone else curse you and curse your family? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the same thing now not to get political about it but i'm anti-death penalty yeah i just i have to i have to assume there is still goodness in everybody so that's just how i need to live my life but do i want some people to fucking die oh my god yes so much <laughs> do i have the right to do it myself mm, no but i would like uh, it fine I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I have specific things in mind, though. <laughs> For if I ever cross that line. <laughs> and I will grab the popcorn and watch someone else do it to them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm so happy being in the front row, but I do not want to be the director I don't of want to be somebody's drama, but I would yeah. like to watch your drama. Yeah. I remember there was a conversation, at the, like one of the times that the, the ladies and men that got together to drink that Adam had to pick us up from. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> not, not only did I have to pick you guys up from that, but I had Dan with me and he was the reason why we like we had to end the evening early. <laughs> and you all got, and got up and hugged him. And I just got treated like a fucking bitch. Yeah. Like, you were the Uber driver. Yeah, I was. You just, were the Uber driver. I, I was the chauffeur, the valet. Oh, yeah. But there was a conversation that happened in that because, like, everybody at this point knows that I'm a very spiritual person. And everybody keeps asking me, do you do curses? And I'm like, no, we don't do curses. It's not a thing that we do at all. 
It's bad to do curses. We don't do curses. Yeah. Do I want to do curses? Of course. Absolutely. But no, I do not manifest that in my regular day life. The more that you focus on doing ill to other people, the more to revisit it back upon you. Mm-hmm. So don't fucking do it. Yeah. Yep. Right. What you give is what you get. Karma's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's real. She's I've seen it. All right. I'm ready to get back to talking about giants now. So let's jump to an info break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on monsters in 5th edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join the Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. This is a big week at It's a Mimic. Roman, Megan, and Steve are going to lead us through more character building in Rokugan. The ladies are going to lead us through the differences between ghouls and ghasts. Charlie, Casey, and I are going to lead some of the patrons through more design considerations when it comes to building a homebrew pantheon. And we are going to jam the week full with an extra episode just because it's a leap year. But before we get back to this episode, I want to thank Ian for becoming our latest Patreon subscriber, Robert for running the ongoing D&D trivia game in our Discord, all of the patrons for helping us finally order a new editing computer, and, on a personal note, Megan, Casey, and Elwyn for arranging and facilitating Miega's absolutely wild bachelorette party this past weekend. I think we've almost recovered from it. Anyway, let's get back to this episode. We've talked about Fomorians before, did we not? In an actual, in an actual Giants episode? Yes, yeah. and that's actually the thing that I want to start with, is if you want a breakdown of just like the two of you going off about regular Fomorians, yeah. which you did for a good solid 25 minutes, if I remember correctly. You're welcome. Episode 11 of the Giants series was the one where you guys did that. There was that and Oni, and you got super passionate about the Oni afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Of course I did. We love the Oni. So, however, I've never talked about Fomorians. And okay, we, fine. We, can, we do need some context, so... <laughs> no, he needs a 25-minute speech. <laughs> so, yeah, so context for this episode, because every Fomorian that we're covering is going to be in stark contrast to the base Fomorian, right? So, let me talk about the lore and, and what those ones from the Monster Manual have to offer. Uh, it says right in the Monster Manual, like the first sentence is, they, these are the most hideous and wicked of all giant kind. They are the godless Fomorians. And I gotta ask, are they really more evil than hill giants and fire giants and frost giants and trolls and ogres? I feel like... They're just misunderstood. Yeah, it feels a little like... <laughs> They've been put through a lot. This might be some victim blaming. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's been some toxic qualities to them in the aftermath. But, but they got betrayed, man. They really did. So, let's get into it. They're hideous. Their ugliness is their curse, and it's supposed to reflect the ugliness in their hearts. They used to be one of the most aesthetically pleasing and magically talented races in all of existence, but their high intelligence didn't translate to high wisdom, and they became greedy, and they made a play for more power, more magic. They attacked the Feywild, looking to steal Fey magics for themselves. But fucking with the Fey is not recommended, unless they have invited you specifically to fuck with the fae but then have at her and you do you so yeah it depends on the kind of fuck with the fae you're going yeah. for yeah one is all right one is not so good well the fomorians <laughs> did the not so good one they they fucked around and found out they did um and uh they found out the hard way so 
They were cursed to be so misshapen and deformed and hideous. When the Fae defeated them, they started digging down into the earth of the material plane to avoid their shame and the consequences from their fall of grace. They dug so deep that they ended up in the Underdark where they did some self-reflection and some trust falls and worked out their toxic behaviors. I love, I love <laughs> can, can you imagine that was the, the, the that's how it of like again like the trust falls of like yeah. all their limbs are just like <laughs> noodling about <laughs> yeah no absolutely not they're still full of fucking rage and violence after losing their place they were above hill giants in the ordning and now they are cast low uh they pretty much hate everything especially their god Karantor, who tempted them with more and more power and glory and led them to their downfall but don't worry Krolantor has also been banished to the Underdark, but he's in an underground god prison, and the Fomorians couldn't care less about him anymore. So, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, Fomorians still remember their old ways of life, though, and so they surround themselves with beautiful grottos full of gleaming crystals, bioluminescent fungi, uh, awe-inspiring mushroom forests, and flowing, gently cascading water features full of fish and aquatic life. But before you get to these oases in the middle of the oppressive Underdark... You have to pass through blood-smeared caverns full of displayed corpses of their victims who have been ripped apart and purposefully stitched back together wrong. Mm. Which is fun. How fun. <laughs> yeah. But once you get past these warning trophies and assuming you can escape their abnormally high perception, you then have to avoid both Fomorians themselves and the slaves that they have subjugated. But again, don't worry. There's not a whole lot of slaves, mostly because they're prone... Uh, to getting eaten well, as soon as they fail a task or two. Oh, so, nom, nom, nom. Yeah. So your life as a slave is short. They want to eat you before you get to that, like, emaciated level of, I feed them, but I don't feed myself, so. Yeah, they want some meat on the bones still. Pretty and they're not going to feed them to make that happen. No. Yeah. Uh, as for allies, they probably don't have many because they like to betray people. It's just, like, in their nature to do so. Other than that, these huge CR8 creatures are chaotic evil. They've got 120 feet of dark vision. They speak giant and undercommon. And they've got some pretty gnarly attacks, even outside their 3d6 plus 8 great club multi-attack. The signature move is their evil eye. Because apparently every single one of these nearly naked purple hairless hunchbacks have one big old yellow cat's eye that forces charisma saves against some pretty meaty psychic damage. That's how ugly these monsters are. Like, they look at you, you look them in the eye, and you just get a fucking headache. So, um, also, this can be used as part of the multi-attack, so it sucks. They, you, they do this over and over again. Yeah. What's not part of the multi-attack is the once-per-short-or-long-rest stare that passes the curse to a victim who fails the evil eye attack. That victim becomes deformed like the Fomorian, loses half their movement speed, and... Uh, they gain disadvantage on ability checks, saving throws, and strength or dex-based attacks. You have to finish a long rest each time you want to retry the DC 14 charisma save. So if you fail it the next day, nope, you're still fucked for a day. If you have some bad rolls, you could be like this for a week. Yeah, bad times are had. Also, it doesn't say this anywhere in the stat block, but the lore is pretty clear that the reason that they wear loincloths is because no clothing will fit their misshapen bodies. So I'd have the clothing rip and armor, like, restrain a cursed character until they spend, I don't know, like, 2d4 rounds getting the armor off. Right? Yeah. Like, make it fucking yeah. hurt. Um, and just because I know you two love the detail, they're too misshapen to throw rocks. No way! Yeah, it says that right in the lore. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> did we call that out in ours? I don't remember. I don't think we did. If we did, I would have remembered oh. it if I had called that out. So yeah, their bodies don't move well enough. Honestly, did you guys see 300? Oh yeah. yeah. I can never remember his name, but you know the misshapen hunchback and that yeah. that guy? You make that guy 18 feet tall, that's a Fomorian. Yeah. So yeah. His, his And he range also of wears a loincloth in that, so it checks out. I believe that you know where every loincloth in popular media has been. You know what? Yeah. We love 300. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons. For so many reasons. Nope. Just the six in the very center of the torso. <laughs> I, more like 12, but you know, you <laughs> pop off, King. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Fomorians. That's our base Fomorian. That's what we get in the Monster Manual. Yeah. I love that. All right, so we are going to go over some very fun and popular new Fomorians, uh, some found in the new Giants book. Are we going to roll dice to see who goes next? I want to do that. We're going to do it? Why'd you take the yellow one? I want the yellow one. Because this is the color of the Fomorian's eye. I love it. Okay, well. Oh, God. Shock horror. I missed... Missed the tray, Casey. <laughs> it's a dice tower. I don't know how you do that. I'm so excited. All right, I rolled a 19. I got oh, four. God, two. See, the red dice treated you well. You know what? That's fine. I'll go first. So I'm going to talk about the Fomorian Deep Crawler. Uh, so this one can be found in the Big B Giants book. Uh, so now that we know a little bit more about the Fenor The Fenorians. My big problem is saying is not saying Formorians because there are monsters called Formians. Formians, yeah. And they're fucking ant creatures. Ooh. And yeah. I get them confused all the time. So that's fair. All right. Well, now that we know more about the Fomorians, uh, and that of course the legend lore to have been like banished the Underdark due to being failed takeover of the Feywild X Y Z. Um, these ones are the ones that kind of adapted and survived to the fact that they can crawl within the tunnels and the caves of the Underdark. So the imagery for these are like that they're, again, humanoid beasts that have like a lot of arms and legs, but they're kind of wrapped into like a ballish feature to feel like they can like crouch and move their way quickly through a tunnel. Mm -hmm. So they do have the cat-like eye that we described. Like they're very bony, very lanky. Um, but they are bent and contorted in such a way that they could, again, crawl through and, like, move through tunnels quickly. And, in fact, their strength is extremely high to help them be able to crawl up walls and move through these tunnels at any speed that they so choose. They look like contortionists in the art. Oh, let me tell you more about them, then. Uh, <laughs> so reflected in their stats, uh, they do get a plus six to strength and a plus five to con, which is, um... Matched with not only a 30-foot walking speed and a 30-foot climbing speed to match kind of the fact that they have a high strength and they can just climb walls. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So they move, like, they don't move quickly. and Because imagine in my head, like, with giants, they tend to have a higher speed because they're up higher naturally. It was a conversation we have on a regular basis. Yeah, they're... These are they're... little balls of giant. No Fomorian moves faster than 30 feet. Yeah. They all, that's part of their misshapen nature, right? Yeah. So, but these ones can climb walls because they have such a strong grip and they've, again, they've adapted to the fact they're in the tunnels of these underdark areas. They're like Golem. Yeah, very like much Golem. Really big Golem. And the, again, the loincloth just speaks for itself, right? Uh. <laughs> I assume, I assume you don't want to be crawling behind this guy. No, you, you are going to, you're going to get some, some you're, you're going to get some, some underdark winks. taint there. Yeah. A couple of oh, winks from God. some areas. Uh. <laughs> it's not the yellow eye you got to worry about. Yeah, right. Uh, moving on. For ability. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so 
So for abilities, they do have some neat things that tie into, again, the fact that they crawl and move along among these tunnels, such as being a contortionist. Adam, it's oh. written right in there. Hey, look what I did. So again, remember how I said they do have, like, they're just basically a ball of limbs? Well, this is how they use them. A Fomorian who is technically a huge-sized giant can fit into a space for a large creature without squeezing. Oh, cool. Uh, which means that a Fomorian who is, oh, sorry, being a ball of limbs crouched within the tunnels also gives them what is called um, crawling stance, which also means that they can, if they are knocked prone within the tunnel itself, it does not grant advantage on attack rolls, and they can move at their regular speed. So technically, it's negated if they're knocked. There's no such thing as being knocked prone for that. Yeah, that's like okay. their natural state is basically prone. Yeah, they so, move that way. Yeah, okay. so being contorted and then just moving through, and then they just they cannot be knocked prone technically within their own spaces. <clears throat> and on top of all the creepy limb abilities, they can have spider walk, which is basically their ability to move along difficult terrain or surfaces without needing an ability check. So they can climb on ceilings, go upside down, go up the sides of walls, so on. So if you're even if you get out of a tunnel and go into a cavern, they can climb up the walls. Yeah. Oh boy. This yeah. is one of these like weird editing things, and it's such a fucking nitpicky thing for me. But they list the climbing speed as thirty feet, and then they give you spider climb anyway. Yeah. Right. Why would you list it at 30 feet when spider climb is right fucking there? Yeah. Which, like, that is, re the, it's redundant. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much in the later books that if you are used to looking at stat blocks, you will see that it doesn't make an ounce of fucking sense. Yeah. There's no overall oversight here, so. You're not wrong. I do love the fact that they've got a negative two to charisma, by the way. Yeah. And I think it's because of the Skrillex haircut. <laughs> well, they don't have any language. What are the languages they have again? Uh, giant and Undercommon. Yeah. Uh, undercommon, obviously, because of where they're from now, and Giant because they're giants. Yeah. Like, they're just going to be babbling in an Undercommon, I think. And it's going to be really bad Undercommon. <laughs> I, I imagine them beatboxing dubstep at you as they come down the fucking tunnel. Why dubstep specifically? Because Skrillex. Oh, that's fair. Well, oh, it's, coming they... all the, it's coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so grotesque that you you are like shocked but then you kind of just feel sad and so like how can they be you know how can they convince you to be intimidated or anything you know oh like uh, okay so i worked at fright nights one year we had contortionists yes. and we dressed them up as clowns and we sent them out into the audience to go at people and Megan, you keep saying, oh, they've got all these arms and legs. They have four. But the art looks like they've got fucking 12 until you look closely. Because yeah. they're, they're not But if the they're right rolling spots. around as a ball of arm and leg, you're going to yeah. think they have more. Yeah, and just the weird, unusual, like, one of the, okay, in the original cut of The Exorcist, they don't have her walking down the stairs upside down on her hands and feet. Mm -hmm. They added that in the, in the, like, 20th anniversary release. And I saw that, I already seen The Exorcist, but when they did that in like 1997 or 8 or whenever it was, doesn't matter, I saw it in theaters. And that scene scared the shit out of me because it wasn't in the original, I wasn't expecting it, and suddenly she's doing this weird body movement. And since then, you can't have an exorcist kind of movie. No exorcism of any kind, no demon possession, without somebody doing a weird contortionist upside down walk, mm -hmm. usually along the ceiling or something, right? Like, yeah. And so that's very much the creep factor here. So, body horror, as we like to say. Yes. <laughs> All right, but to finish these guys off, they also have what's called. Uh, so, yeah. So to finish these guys off, let's talk about what it's like if you're going to fight one. 
So they do have a multi-attack with its arms, and in my mind also could be their feet, which is a slam attack. Um, and then, <clears throat> but also they have what's called Crawling Hex, uh, which is the Fomorian targeting anyone within 60 feet and make a DC 15 wisdom save to take 78 psychic damage. It also knocks them prone and become they become cursed for one hour. While cursed, they cannot stand up or end the prone condition themselves. Holy shit, that's brutal. So, like, you, I love how, like, in our games when someone's knocked prone, it's always like, it's fine, I just have to take half a move to stand up, but I'm still right beside the thing, I'm going to fight it. No, you're right beside the thing, and you can't stand up. Which means it still has advantage against you. Yeah. You have to crawl away to impose a disadvantage from a distance. Yeah. For Holy crap. Yeah. So you, you have to get help. You literally have to be dragged out of, like, this thing's range to be, like, lifted or, like, how do you even, like, undo prone for someone else? Do you just pick them up yourselves? Yeah, you strap them on your back like C-3PO and Chewbacca. Like, that's how you make that shit work. Fair enough. You hope they're a fucking gnome and you're a Goliath, because if the Goliath goes down, you're just going to ride the Goliath for the next hour. Tell me more. When two men love each other. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> When two men love each other, I've had enough alcohol. <laughs> really one or the other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. At the end of the day, all these underground traversing abilities mixed in with this nonsense of being able to knock you prone and not be able to stand up makes them a CR of 10. Uh, so still kind of like a higher tiered party to come across these. I feel like you're not going to be venturing into the Underdark unbeknownst at an extremely low level, but these are definitely... <laughs> Fuck, you'd say that. Out of the abyss, it's just like, fuck you, here you go. Level one, enjoy your life, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I hear that. But, like, I just, if you're going to come across one of these, like, I would expect that you're in a different part that is, it's like, you should be killing sheep at level one. But, you know, that's just me. But anyways, that is the Fomorian Deep Crawler. Cool. Yeah. So let's roll some dice and let's talk about this sucker. I'm going to fucking take the red one. 17 for me. 16. I'm at an 8. You bumped me. <laughs> awesome. All right, so I'm going to talk, we're going to first start talking about like the role-playing aspect sure. of things. We can talk about any option we want to when it comes to role-playing. I kind of want to talk about what a rumor about this monster is going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, this thing is a thing of horrors. It's like a story that you tell your children at night to keep them from going into the tunnels within the town. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, I keep wanting to say it's the hills have eyes. It's just, it's, it's just the one eye. It's the one eye? Yeah. The hill has eye. The hill has eye, yeah. But again, it's that nightmare tale that your parents tell you so that you don't go too far to the caverns or yeah. uh, or the mines that you're, like, can you imagine it being like a little mining town that you're mm. a part of? And like, you warn the children, do not go too far. It is a working environment. It's dangerous. But this is the nightmare that will come for you at night if you're being a bad child. This is absolutely what Darrow and Duragar and Drow are going to tell their younglings in the Underdark. Yeah, absolutely. So I, it's just one of, like, I feel like if you're going to have a campaign, it's just something that's told in the background. Or if you're about to traverse into a tunnel, maybe one of your players has been told these nightmare stories at one point, being like, I'm going to keep, or they're afraid of the tunnels because of this reason, or an NPC is afraid of these tunnels for that reason. Not because they've seen them, but because they've heard about them. Mm -hmm. And then it's just kind of like a warning sign, right? Um, and like, you could even be like, they come at night and they steal your children away if you aren't being good or what have you, right? The opposite of a good Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, who's next? I think that was me. That's, That's you. you. Yeah. Casey, what do you think for role playing? Okay, so like 
you said, Adam, I immediately thought this is just a huge sized golem. Yeah. Like absolutely with with like one squished in eye. <laughs> yeah. One bulging eye only. So I imagine it uh what's the perception? Oh it's pretty high oh yeah, it has high perception because of that one eye. Mm-hmm. I imagine it lurking in the shadows in a cave, and it's absolutely not what you're going to expect down there. You're might you might expect giant spiders or something like that that Stop are going to be no <laughs> hard pass that are going to be lurking. Oh, and you and you like you'd hear the the skittering up the wall, yes. and you look, and it's this fucker. Yes, that's I imagine right. now you see the two cat like two cat eyes open. You think it's one monster, yes. but it's two. Yes. Ugh. Because yes, because <laughs> when they reveal Gollum in Lord of the Rings, like he's he's exactly this. It's dark, it's gray, um, it's damp, and he has these like his eyes are bulging and kind of glowing. And so yeah. I imagine if you can paint that picture of the first reveal of them, yeah, first the sound of them skittering, and then maybe even some mumbling in the undercommon. That you can't really understand. And well, no one is going to talk to this guy. No. Right? There's there's no social factor here. No. They are not socialized people because, like, you assume that they're just born to regular Fomorians and then fuck off on their own when they realize that they like to crawl through tunnels and they just become And this. they just disappear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would I would totally do that and set the scene for how they behave like that creepy, crawly, spider-like, golem-like creature that you come across when you go into an opening in a cave. Mm-hmm. And it might even be hunched over, like, gnawing on something. And you're just like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it is, like, it doesn't socialize. The very first thing, it crawls towards you with its yellow eye, fir- like, first. Up front and center. That is the first thing you see. And what happens? Bam, curse. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's the thing. And then you're crawling, and it's crawling faster than you. And that's the horrible thing here. This is the descent. Yeah. Only way fucking bigger. I like the descent. You hate the descent. I didn't like the descent. I did. It. I gave it a rewatch not long ago, and I realized that I don't like the descent. I just <laughs> think the monster design is lazy. <laughs> Everything about it is great, but the monster design is lazy as okay. fuck. So I can accept that. Um... So, no, uh, as far as role-playing goes, I think that these guys probably have a very rudimentary grasp on language in the first place. They've had enough intelligence to speak. They know two languages, but when was the last time they actually conversed with someone Mm -hmm. instead of just, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, and then screams and crunching noises? It's just the general lack of social skills. Yeah, just because they're... The very first thing they do is make you a slow victim and they catch up and they eat you. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine you're going to run into too many of these guys in a group. Unless you find a family of them. Do you think that they're originally Fomorians and that become this? Like, I'm looking at, at the artwork for it and all of their joints are like red and they look inflamed and I feel like, like they just have regular skin and they used to be regular Fomorians and they're, they're scraping their bodies along these corridors and shit and it just... Like they have, over time, they've just made themselves fit. Yeah, they just squeeze themselves in. They've learned how to do this. They're all contortions because every contortionist was born a regular person, right? They just have the ability to, or they've they've 
developed over time and worked on the ability to become a contortionist. Mm -hmm. And sure, you want to be double-jointed. That gives you a benefit or whatnot. But you can train that to a certain degree. Like, do you think that's what these guys are? Like, they just discover that there's tasty things down the smaller tunnels? Or do you think that they're their own subsection? Like, if they were to have babies, they would be born weirdly contortionistic? Yeah, or are they regular Fomorians that then they just fucking abandon? Because you can't follow us when you get a certain height. Yeah, that's fair. I think you could play it either way if you were a DM. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, I think that... I think it's neat to think that these, out of all of them, are going to be the least social. And they're not particularly social in the first place, but at least the regular ones are going to talk to their slaves. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. They'll make commands and they will interact with each other. I'm not sure these guys will. No, they live in the darkness. Yeah. And I imagine they breathe heavily all the time. You, you hear the like rasp. through right? their nose, too. <laughs> I don't know. Just because of the lack of, like, social understanding that it's annoying. <laughs> like... <laughs> Also, there's probably not a lot of air down there. I feel like they're just used to, like, grasping at airs. I don't know. <laughs> no, the Underdark, the Underdark is actually so big. There's so much air, but it's also got that weird, like, radiation yeah. down there as well. Like, there's a lot. There would be pockets of vacuums and shit, especially as water moves. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I would like these guys to have a swim speed now. Ooh, well, they let's... would easily, they would, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, Continue. let's talk about exploration then. Uh, so, I'll start in the exploration pillar. I think that... To our point earlier, the fact that they crawl through the tunnels, if you as a group are going to be going into the Underdark and, like, taking a cavernous way through, um, you would be finding definitely, like, hand marks and crawling and, like, weird drag marks in strange areas. So, like, along the ceiling or along the sides of the mm. wall and, like, going in both directions. So if you do a good enough investigation check, you'll notice that it's, like, something traverses the tunnels in all directions. It's not, like, a one-way tunnel. They use these tunnels, obviously, to go back and forth, pick up things, move things around. But it would be impossible to tell because their feet could be backwards sometimes if yeah. that's the better hold. Right? Yeah, so, so it's almost like even if it was a one-way tunnel, you wouldn't know because yeah. their feet would be in one direction, their hand would be in another direction. And then it's kind of like the idea of trying to hunt one of these things would be next to impossible. Yeah. Because you're constantly seeing all of the hands and feet turned in different directions. Yeah. So if you were playing in a campaign where you're hunting one, it is going to be grasping at straws. They're going to have to like definitely depend on knowledge of the tunnel system. So you'd have to go and find someone that knows the area. Or you're going to have to find someone that can like, <clears throat> like traverse how s most recent this thing was going through. And I can't imagine that they don't... This is going to get gross, but I can't imagine that they have a bathroom area. <laughs> no. No, they just go wherever they are. You said they have one cloth. I'm looking very closely. There are no clothes. These guys are naked. They just they just drop scat where they are and keep moving. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, so, like, I feel like boy. that's going to be a thing that you're going to have to, like, encounter. Yeah. It's not oh, going to be a great tunnel to go through. These are huge-sized creatures. You know that scene in Jurassic Park where they come across the dino <laughs> shit? This is what you're talking about. Like, you will have to, like, all right, everybody roll a constitution check as you squelch your way around this. <laughs> oh, I hate that We love word. a good squelch. Yeah. <laughs> Told you it's not the yellow eye you gotta watch out for. Yeah. God damn it, Adam. I hate it. What about you, Casey, for exploration? Okay, well, we have we have talked about contortionist a lot. Imagine how to bring this out of the Underdark and bring it maybe potentially in an opportunity to encounter it elsewhere. A traveling carnival that holds this thing in, like, a chest. And because them. And, like, it's, it's a chest because it can just contort and be stuck in there. And they use it for a prop, and they use it for, like, attacking things or whatever. 
Um, but yes, that is how you encounter it, is that it is part a, of a traveling circus. Probably you'd find it in Ravnica, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm also imagining that, like, there's a team that would have to go down and, like, find one every once in a while when it dies, because they it, it get, I feel like it would be able to survive in the upper plains. And by yeah. upper plains, I just mean regular ground. Yeah, like material plains. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yes. Or you have just a crazy-ass leader of this traveling carnival who has heard about these things and wants it for their traveling circus and mm. hires you to go find one. This would be a feature at the Witchlight Circus, which is the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, yeah. the carnival there that, like, is the door to the Feywild. Like, it's built right in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they could have one of these. I like it. Cool. Yeah, just an option to bring it so that you're not trying to figure out a way of your party going to the Underdark or, yeah, to find them. Yeah, find a creature. Like, and, like to the encounter them. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I hear it. I hate it, but I hear it, you know? So I've always wanted to cover this in an episode. We've never had the opportunity, and here it is now. In Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, there is a thing called the Bagman. The Bagman is an urban legend about an adventurer who sought to escape doom by abandoning his party and hiding inside a bag of holding. When he tried to leave, though, he became lost amid constantly increasing number of extra-dimensional storage spaces. Over time, the strange forces of this magical in-between place transformed the adventurer into a monstrous creature. Now every night, the Bagman slips out from a random bag of holding. If he doesn't find his home, he drags some one back into the bag with him and leaves behind some trinket from his hidden kingdom of lost junk. So, uh, some say if you speak too loudly over an open bag of holding or whisper, follow my voice into a magical storage space three times, the bag man will come for you. Oh my god. I hate it. Here, yeah, this is... Here's what it looks like. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! That is the nightmares. Holy mother of I god. would use the Fomorian Deep Crawler stat block for this. Hold <laughs> As this yeah. contortionist his way out of the mouth of a bag of lumber. Oh my oh, god. That. That's amazing. I love it. I it, hate it, but I love it. Isn't that fucking terrifying? That is very yeah. terrifying. So. Very, re re very relevant to the cause. <laughs> so, very elephant. Very, uh, very elephant. The, no, so that that's my exploration thing is I want this guy crawling out of a bag of holding. Holy shit. I think that would be absolutely fucking terrifying. Uh, especially because you would have... Like, an arm come out and the elbow bends both ways. Yeah. As it feels around, like its hand is almost like a spider trying to find what it's looking for. I feel like it's the length, too. Like, yeah. you see it coming out and it's like it's twice the size of what your forearm would be. Because yeah, because it's, it's a huge, giant. right? Like, yeah. it's huge. And then all of a sudden it gets to the elbow and you realize that that is where the elbow is. But it's, like, and, your height. <laughs> and, 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 and I love the idea, like, like, the full elbow takes up the entire mouth of the bag of holding. And then you see... Another finger poke up beside the elbow, and another finger, another as the uh, other hand oh. starts to work its way up and like birth its way out of the bag. And no, of it'll be a foot. Yeah. That comes it, out. Oh, it'll be a foot, <laughs> and then yeah. it would just like full on. It's like, yeah. what? I hate it. I love it so much, but it's great. All right, combat ideas for these ones. So here's the thing. I I want to talk about what it would look like when it dies. Just because, like... Does it curl up like a spider? Like, yes! <laughs> like, you know how like, you just, like, fold into itself? Yeah. And just, like, into, like, a little spider ball. And then it's just like, is it dead? Is it not dead? You can't find its pulse because it's just kind of, like, inside all of its arms and legs. Because it's, Gross. like, curled up to protect itself. Where it's just like, no, thank you. Do you think they sleep completely sprawled out like a starfish because it's the only time they're relaxed? Where would, when would they have a time to be relaxed in the tunnels of the Underdark, though? <laughs> like, they, they would find, like, the, this... 
they would find a crossroads of like six or more different tunnels. Yeah. And they would go right in the middle of it for their torso and spread a different limb out in each direction to just relax. <laughs> and that's it. So you would walk into a giant purple sole of a foot. Yeah. And then it would like worm its way back to the body if it woke up and then it would flip around and start contorting its way down. No, no, here's what I see. They sleep in hammocks that are like hanging from the ceiling. And then when you walk up to like a weird, like almost like colony of them that are just kind of sleeping for the night and you have to walk through really quietly, but all of a sudden, of course, your paladin who's wearing fucking full plate armor makes a noise. All of a sudden you see both arms and legs come out of the fucking hammock like it is like a fucking spider egg sack. And pulls itself out. I love yeah. the idea, like, you are not that paladin in 90% of the games you play. I'm always, I yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would take it a step further. These guys don't wear clothes. It is cold in the underdark. There is no sun. Yeah. They sleep in a heap of themselves. Yeah. There are, and there's just arms and legs just sticking out of the <laughs> ball. Warm. It's yeah. going to be one of those spider things where you throw a rock into a room and they all scatter. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, 18 of them just... Just disappear. <sighs> oh, Lord. Oh. Moving on, Casey. Any ideas for combat? Hey, it's so that. <laughs> that. <laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. So you're walking in to a cave and there is zero. Lo- so first, okay, my first thought. We're going to get to that one. Um, this, is a, this is a very simple, um, straightforward opportunity to have you know, a glimmer of something shiny deep down the tunnel, the tunnel or the words. Um, something shiny down when the there's the absence of light. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to give a hint and foreshadow of something coming for you is like you see glimpse glimpses off of the one single eye. It's going to be like the weird cat eye in the distance, like that yeah. green. Yeah. Like, almost that you see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a pretty fun thing to fuck around with for your team. But then I imagine you get down the tunnel and it opens up and then somebody makes a noise like the paladin and then suddenly a ball with a dozen glimmering eyeball lights <laughs> open up. Why does everyone look at me when they say <laughs> paladin and makes noise? <laughs> Traditionally speaking. How dare you. And what's even more terrifying is, sure, they might scatter initially, and then they all look at you and move towards wherever your party is. Yeah. Like, you are fucked, because they will use the crawling hex, or they will stare at their eye, and it will just be, it will be disastrous. A free-for-all. Yeah. Let me say this. The very first thing that's going to happen is, round one, they immediately use the crawling hex, that, that curse to knock you prone. That is the very first thing they do because that's available as part of their multi-attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you are prone. They move faster than you. So this is going to happen on their turn, and then they're going to run up directly on you while you are prone, and they will have advantage because you are prone with yeah. both of those attacks, and you cannot get away fast enough. This is their whole shtick. These guys are also sitting there with a whopping 23 strength. Their grapple is going to be able to, with with the range, with 10-foot range on the slam attack, so I'm going to let them grapple from 10 feet away and pull you into the tunnel. So I imagine you are walking through a corridor in the Underdark, and you look up and see a yellow eye staring down at you from one of these shafts above, and then suddenly a 10-foot-long arm reaches down, grabs you, 
has advantage to pick you the fuck up because you're prone and he just yoinks you up into that tunnel. Oh my god. Yeah, if anybody has seen or seen or played Legend of Zelda, there's those little like purple hands that crawl around and yeah. like they hide in the ceilings. And then if you t- stand too long in one spot, they come down and grab you. So it makes you keep moving in the video game. So you can imagine as a DM, you can do that almost. But getting hit by this slows you the fuck down, yeah. right? So. Or, like, whoever's leading in the marching order suddenly just gets falls up. forward and lands on their face and then just gets yoinked into the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's a classic horror film moment yep. right there. Yeah, we yep. love that. This this gives us that. Take it, take out the guy with the torch. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, it's but everybody has dark vision these days. It's going to be the one dragonborn on your team, like, well, wait, wait, what's happening? <laughs> Or the human. And the human, the human paladin, yeah. <laughs> but they're the, one, they're the one carrying the torch, okay? We get taken. <laughs> Take us away. Jesus. Oh, Lord. All right, that's enough of that one. Let's move on to something else. Who uh, was next for... Uh, that I think was, it was you. Yeah, yeah. All right, Adam. What do you got? I have the Fomorian Noble. Because I wanted the pretty one. Uh, I mentioned before that uh, Karantor was absolutely the wrong type of hype man for Fomorians. Uh, because he led them astray. He was like, yeah, you can do it. Good for you. We can go. And then they fucking couldn't, and they got their asses handed to them by Faye. But it wasn't all Fomorians. It was just the ones in the material plane. Before his idiot plan was discussed, a handful of Fomorians had taken to plane hopping to find more power and knowledge, and they weren't a part of the curse that struck the others. These Fomorians are called Fomorian nobles in Bigby Presents Glory of the Giants, but I assume they would have their own name for themselves, and they're going to be in different groups, so mm-hmm. there would be almost like family subsets and whatnot, like you would have nobility. Yeah. Uh, they still display all of the arrogance and selfishness that their ancestors did. They are intelligent, huge-sized purple wizards with the basic proportions and beauty as elves. And while they do sometimes visit the material plane from their new homes in the inner planes, they could not care less about the Fomorians who are afflicted with the curse. Mm. They just say, well, that sucks to be you, moving right along. These are the fucking Lannisters yeah. of the Fomorians. <laughs> We're doing fine, so we don't care about you. Yeah. Uh, they're CR-15, so it's a big jump up from the CR-10 um, Deep Crawler and the CR-8 base Fomorian. Uh, but they are also chaotic evil, and they've got some nasty spell casting, which I'll get to in a moment. Their AC is low at 14, considering their CR, but they have mage armor, so it's effectively 17 in combat. They have 22 D12 plus 110 hit points, which makes sense because their con sits at a plus 5 modifier. In fact, all of the stats range from above average, like wisdom, all the way up to powerful as hell, like their 23 in strength. Their mental saving throws all get decent bumps uh, in the high single digits, and Arcana, Stealth, and Perception also get some boosts as well. Their speed is only 30 foot per round, which makes them slower than all the other huge-sized giants, Mm -hmm. Um, except the other Fomorians. All other Fomorians also have 30 feet. I would rather homebrew that these guys should have 40 because they're not afflicted with fucking weird movement body restrictions, so... Yeah, that's reasonable. They are immune to being charmed, and they speak giant in any three other languages you want to give them. Their multi-attack has three attacks with their rod, which does 3d6 plus 6 bludgeoning damage, plus 2d10 force damage, and their rod has 10-foot reach, so, you know, (laughs) good for them. 
Great. We love a good rod. Yeah. <laughs> good 10-foot reach on that. Um, their spell casting is uh, mage armor that they can only cast upon themselves. Mage hand and prestidigitation. They can do any of those whenever they want. Their once-per-day attacks include chain lightning, cone of cold at 6th level, fireball at 6th level, fly, and plane shift only for themselves. As a bonus action, they can target a creature within 60 feet that they can see and force a DC 17 wisdom save against being charmed. That means that the creature can't attack the Fomorian Noble or target the Fomorian with any harmful abilities or magic. Also, the Fomorian gets advantage on social ability checks. The good news is that the charmed creature can repeat the save whenever they finish their turn or take damage. And once they save, they become immune to it for 24 hours to that specific Fomorian. But these guys, I assume, probably travel in groups. Yeah. Yeah. Hordes of beautiful people. So yeah. this is where the charisma comes into play. It really yeah. does, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. They, like, it's a pretty short and simple stat block, but they're really different than the other Fomorians. Uh, it feels different. Yeah. It really yeah. does. So let's roll some dice and talk about these. I'm taking the yellow one. You bitch. I know. I'm taking red That's what I do. <laughs> oh my god, Casey, why? Can you keep your shit together? No. Alright, I got 14. 12. Oh, nine. <laughs> Alright, so... Nine! Nine! <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I'm the German one in the room. <laughs> and then, I don't know if I'm proud of that or not. <laughs> Alright, role-playing aspects for these ones. So... I want to talk a little bit more about this role-playing tips for this one for DMs. Uh, they're going to be full of themselves. They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be like fucking noble elves. They're going to be the jock. You know what yeah. I mean? They have a high charisma. However, comma, um, their wisdom is a plus two. So they're not going to really know social cues to the degree that they should in comparison to the fact they feel that they are above you. Yeah, It's not that they don't know. They don't, don't care. care. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have the intelligence to understand, but the wisdom to be like, it's not really my problem that you have a problem with me because I'm so pretty. What a quaint <laughs> custom. Yeah. How nice for you. Like, that's just, like, how I would definitely play these ones out. It's hard to, like, in my mind, think of a reason as to why you would come across them other than the fact that they would cross into the regular plane to observe the world that they did not live in. Like, you know, it just, it, everything is below them. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, it's just... If you are plane hopping, if you are out... Like, I could see these guys on a massive ship that is a yacht in the astral plane. <laughs> All I imagined was the yacht in Wally, which yeah. is just covered in fat people, which is... Like... <laughs> this makes me laugh inside. 100%. But yes, it would be like a luxury cruise that they're on. And, like, everything is, like, handed to them. Everything is, like, technology... You can add, like, the technology that comes from... Um, Spelljammer, even though yeah. I fucking hate Spelljammer. But that's a thing that you could definitely combine, mm -hmm. right? Because they would fit into that world of pre like prestidigitation and... Well, you've got other giants too, like the Mercanes and stuff yeah. from Spelljammer that could, you know, that would mingle with these guys. <laughs> oh, they totally mingle. They mingle, yeah. They're swingers. They have a swinger party on the cruise every ten years. <laughs> Anyways. Who's next? <laughs> Get me off my high horse. Okay, well, this might go slightly into exploration, but I see these guys as um, being 
happily being mistaken for elves and like taking over an an incredible elven kingdom where you know because elvens live like the life but they have moved in and either forced elves out or killed the elves and have taken it over and only people who actually go in it's like oh my god we've made it to the elven kingdom how wonderful and then like at first glance it's like wait why do none of them have rooms (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing is like you as like a group have never probably encountered an elf before or a high elf shall we say Mm -hmm. yeah like you've heard about them being tall um like have the pointy ears elegant regal living elegant regal lives yeah like everything is like handed to you pandered to you they're full of themselves yes they live long lives yes it makes sense that they could Infiltrate and impersonate an entire colony. Give no fucks about destroying, you know, thousand-year-old lineages of elves to take over this place that they liked. It's like this looks nice. I don't want to build it. Let's live here. Let's take over it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh lord. I don't even think that they would slaughter and kill them. They're just naturally charming. Their bonus action is, yeah, you're going to be charmed by me now, right? And the elves just become slaves. Can elves be charmed? I don't know. No, I don't think they can. I know they can't be put to sleep. Right. I think they have resistance against being charmed. But I still like the idea of them just coming into like high society and taking it over. Although I was picturing they would do it to cloud giants. Because cloud giants have those courts and the... Oh, yes. They do. They would love those. Yeah. So, um, honestly, with these guys, as far as role playing goes... I love a good, arrogant son of a bitch NPC. We know. We do. We, do. we know that a lot of This would you. be another, um, what was his name? Irvindale. No, no, no. Irvindale wasn't. No, no it was, it was it Galandor. Was, yeah, Galandor. Galandor yeah. drove everybody up the fucking wall. And then you were weirdly sad when he died, but. <laughs> we get attached to the, you know. Even if we hate them, it's like, oh, he was oh, around he was pretty well. We, we, we spared the dying on him a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. As the paladin who never healed. <laughs> but, I spared you death. <laughs> Is that not good enough? <laughs> you know, for the longest time I didn't realize that paladins could heal. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a great paladin experience for your first paladin I was experience. just like, wow, she smites. And it's like so cool. Went great. But, she looks so cool with her sword. It's cool how she can heal herself. Yeah, I wish she could like, do that for like other people. Like, like, <laughs> I actually thought that too. I'm like, oh, it must be just for her own thing. Nope. That's <laughs> just Megan. Yep. That's just me. No, yeah. So I really do feel like with the with the role playing pillar, these guys are going to just 100% be a piece of shit. They're going to look down their nose at everybody. Right. And they are going to be gorgeous. So that's what's also going to annoy a lot of players. It's like, oh. I, I think that they're going to spit the word adventurer. Like, oh, adventurers. Hmm. <laughs> Gross. Ah, you again. Which of the small people are you? So, and just like that kind of arrogant, dismissive bullshit. Hmm. All of the time. Because they were the, the smartest and the prettiest and they went off. And when they came back, they realized that they were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they will live on that hill for a very, very because long they time. Because yeah. they die on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to the exploration portion of it. Um, I would like to talk about, can we talk a little bit about, like, they 
would probably live in like an elven looking kind of an establishment when it comes to like their <laughs> layers or like again where they live is going to be also very pretty very advanced they want the best of the best and in fact they probably send people out to go and find the best of the best to bring it back to ensure that they have mm-hmm. the best coffee they have the best like ice cream from this part of the land they have the best fish from this coast, because it is very specifically the best fish. So I feel like that would be a great exploration piece, is that you find people within towns that are probably not even near where these folks exist, that are just grabbing the best of the best, Mm. slowly and surely. You would hear word about them before you are ever granted an audience with them. Yeah, Yeah, like you know they exist, but you don't know where they are. And if you ever wanted to find where they were, you would, might want to, like, go to markets and find out, like, where the best... You hear a rumor that this place has, like, the best noodles. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go here and see if I can, like, find out if I can find the person looking for these items. That's or you're very clever... They already thing. have the best noodles. It's ten foot rod. Okay. <laughs> but that's noodle. <laughs> oh, right. All right, Casey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, speaking of rods, I mean, in the imagery... <laughs> Uh-huh. Like they also have hammocks. They're just of the banana variety. <laughs> we love a banana hammock. Like this is this is the first one we're talking about that has spellcasting ability. And yeah, like the, the there's there's a male and female presenting art on the page. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, she has some kind of staff. And so I feel like you could also emphasize that piece to even more confuse the players because it's like, wait, what is this thing? Oh, it's an elf. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an elf. <laughs> <laughs> but have some f- kind of like fun in how it uses this item because it probably won't use it like you expect. <laughs> uh, it's got all sorts of moves. Wow. Right? Uh, yeah, I assume it's the, of... that that's the spellcasting focus because most rods in... Fifth edition. These are like, you have, you have, it's the middle step between wand and staff, right, is a rod. And that's right in the books. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but because this is a rod for a huge sized creature, it's... I would let this be a staff for your wizard if they pick it up. Yeah. Right, and use it as a spell casting focus. And then maybe they get one of the regular spells, the once a day spells, if they don't know it already. So. Yeah, yeah. So make sure not to lose that part of this whole thing because they will be super fucking obnoxious about being able to cast spells and and they have like prestidigitation so they will make sure they look pristine even if they do some sort of flare spell casting shit it's going to be over the top and just ridiculous. Yeah. My thing about them is, as far as exploration goes, is you are going to run into their minions first. You have to be allowed an audience with them. You are on their turf and you know it because their banners are flying. They're not people you just run across out in the world. You have to request and they will be like, uh, three Thursdays from now, we've got an opening at 2 p.m. for 45 minutes. Um... Make sure you're uh, appropriately showered and preened before you show up. Like, right. Yeah, so, thanks. yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. The bard will be absolutely happy, and the barbarian is like, what's showered? Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean I have to wash my loincloth? Yeah, so... 
So, but again, while every one of the other Fomorians have slaves, these guys have servants. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, for combat tactics for these ones, uh, I'll start us off, as always, apparently, for this episode. I just think you would definitely play into the Guiling presence, because they will not want... They're, they're not going to fight you. They have no interest. They're, they're bored of you. They're like, we are above you. I don't need to fight you. You're going to be charmed by me, and then I'm going to make my minions fight you. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're going to try and use their Guiling presence at first to kind of, like, quell any kind of fighting that might happen, so that you were charmed by them. But if you're going to end up fighting one... Again, I think to, to Adam's point, they're going to have minions. They're going to have a small army yep. that you're going to have to deal with before you even touch them. And by the time you get close to them, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going to retreat or escape or go to a safe house until you are gone or you are dead. So yep. rarely will it do I, in my mind, rarely would you have to get your hands on one. Yeah. They have both fly and plane shift. Yeah. Right? The moment you put mage armor on that, like, these are defensive spells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in addition to that, so I imagine them, you know, they're up in the, in the balcony, like sitting on their fucking beautiful thrones, watching the chaos below them. Mm-hmm. And even all of their actual attack spells are AOE effects. Like it's chain lightning, which is not AOE effect, but chain lightning, you can go through a bunch of people. Yeah. Cone of cold and fireball. Like if that, that is their attacks for spells. So they are going to just throw that out there to the masses. They will not care if their servants are amongst oh, no. that. And yeah, it's basically just to probably give them some entertainment and then some time to get up and walk away while we recover from the fireball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Friendly fire. I don't have friends. I have servants. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's just fire at this point. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, their combat is going to be to just charm this problem away. Yeah. And when they can't, they will drop one of their spells to be like, sit down. And if you're still an issue, <sighs> I'm leaving. Jeeves, <laughs> please dispatch of them. Wooster. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> oh, Lord. I love it. All right. So what is So that's enough for the noble. What do we have next, Casey? The third and final Fomorian is the Warlock of the Dark. Okay. He looks so chill. He has got real clothes. Yes, there is clothing here. I'm disappointed. Uh, isn't it I'm delightful? Also but that is a big swigging club. Yeah. Um, so, when a Fomorian makes a pact with entities from the Underdark, they can gain arcane power over shadows. Mm. And this makes them a Fomorian warlock of the dark. Despite having only natural armor, and thus an AC of only 15, these Fomorians have a hefty hit point average of just over 200, and plenty of unique attributes to make them harder to kill. Yeah. Uh, they have 30 foot movement speed, which doesn't give them any, any advantage. And obviously same across the board for all of these giant Fomorians. Yep. Um, and their stat block is generally above average with strength and con being their highest stats with a plus six and plus five modifier. Um, and their only below average stat is intelligence at minus one. Um, so does this compare closely to the stat block? Oh, so this does compare closely to the stat block of the original Fomorian, 
but there is one distinct boost in charisma from a minus two to a plus four modifier for the Warlock of the Dark. Warlock? Can we guess what that means? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Warlock, right? <laughs> yes. Warlock, charisma, there's going to be spellcasting. So we're seeing spellcasting again. So charming. Um, so they... Oh, this one's a girl in the picture. I didn't even realize that. They could be a they, them. You don't know. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry for assuming. <laughs> Nice cloak, though. <laughs> it's the cloak that gets me. It's a good yeah. color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so these are a <laughs> CR of 12. And so that is slightly above the deep crawler, but not reaching the Fomorian Noble. Yeah. And far above the Fomorian Classic of CR 8. Um, additional stats that Femor the Fomorian Warlock of the Dark has is Wisdom at plus 6 and Charisma at plus 8 for saving throws, and they are skilled in Arcana. They have the same dark vision of 120 feet, but have a lower passive perception of 16 compared to the base Fomorian that sits at 18. Um, I'm not really sure. From the imagery, it does have the prominent eyeball, but um, so I'm... It's interesting that it has a lower one when it's at a CR 12. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some of the unique abilities. So uh, it has Blood Rune. This is a sacred item in its possession that has a Blood Rune inscribed on it. While holding or wearing the item, the giant... <laughs> the giant... The Fomorian has Corrupting Hex attack action and a Poisoning Rebuke at reaction. This item actually has its own stats, and so it can be destroyed. It has an AC of 15, 30 hit points, immunity to necrotic poison psychic damage, and regains all of its hit points at the end of every turn. So you can try and get rid of it, but it might be a little bit tricky because of that. When destroyed, it turns in, turns to dust, and the Fomorian can inscribe a blood rune on another object when it finishes a long or short rest. It also has Devil's Sight, which is magical darkness that doesn't impede the Fomorian's dark vision. Sorcerers are going to be mad about that. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it has legendary resistances, three per day, which means it can choose to succeed on a saving throw if it has failed. That is my favorite go fuck yourself thing in any stat block. Yeah. Makes you so mad, right? Especially <laughs> when you don't use it on round one. Like, you just take the hit from the wizard who's testing you. Like, oh, no, that fucking hurts. Like, okay, good. Finger of death. Here we go. My high, my high powered. This is my one spell slot. You're like, no, I'm good. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's not finger of death because you roll for that one. But you know what I mean. But yes, I know yeah. what you mean. All right. In terms of actions... The Fomorian Warlock of the Dark still carries the Grey Club with a plus 10 to hit and a 15-foot reach and deals 3d8 plus 6 bludgeoning damage plus 2d6 necrotic damage on a hit. It can multi-attack for three Grey Club attacks unless it has that blood rune. And if it does, it can use one of these three attacks to use Corrupting Hex. The Fomorian targets... A creature it can see within 60 feet and the target must succeed on a DC 16 charisma saving throw or take 6d8 necrotic damage and become cursed for 
my notes say 14 hours. I think 24. that's wrong. 24, 24 hours. 24. Yeah. Specifically 14 hours. Yeah, I'm like, mm. 173 minutes. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, and while cursed, the target's speed is halved, and if it tries to cast a spell, it must make a DC 16 intelligence check, and if they fail, this the spell fails. So this is one reason why if, say, the wizard or sorcerer of the party can discern it's actually using that blood room as a potential focus or... Um, giving it more abilities to attack, you might want to direct attack towards that. Yeah. Um, it also has Eldritch Burst attack, which is definitely cooler than Eldritch Blast. Um, it is magical energy that explodes in a 20-foot radius centered on a point the Fomorian can see within 120 feet of itself. Each creature in that area must make a DC 16 dex save or take 5d12 force damage and be knocked prone. On a success, the creature takes half damage and that's it. So as you can tell, uh, this arcane energy it has gives the Fomorian boosted magical abilities, but it also gives it spellcasting abilities like we saw with the Noble. It can cast at will, detect magic, levitate, mage hand, and precipitation. It can cast once per day each, detect thoughts, suggestion, and telekinesis. So note that those are those don't include um, spell attacks necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as a bonus action, the um, Warlock of the Dark can do Creeping Gloom. <laughs> it has a recharge of six. It can harness the power of that darkness into a 30-foot radius centered on a point it can see within 120 feet of itself, and each creature in that area must succeed on a DC 16 con save or take 2d10 necrotic damage and be blinded until the end of its next turn. Cool. Mm. So it's that... taking away abilities. This yeah. is all, this is, it's, it's jam. <laughs> but I love it because it's a bonus action. You do this on top of your multi-attack. Yeah, totally. Um, and then finally, um, as a reaction with that blood room, like I mentioned, it can use corrupting hex as an action, and then it can also use poisoning rebuke as a reaction. In response to taking damage from a creature within 60 feet that it can see, the Fomorian forces the creature to make a DC 16 con save, and if it fails, it is poisoned until the end of the next turn. Hmm. So I'd also like to highlight that while it does have a great club with a 15-foot reach and does decent damage, the additional arcane abilities include having targets make intelligence, dex, and con saves, saving throws, and uses charisma for spell casting. So it has a wide range of impact on a party. But it's fuckier than that, because the reaction gives the poison condition. And poison condition. But the poison condition gives you disadvantage on saves, which is its whole fucking jam. Ooh, good point. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> Yes, so that's all. I mean, there's a lot. It's got a lot going for it, um, which makes it kind of tricky because it stands upright much more than many of the other Fomorians, but it still has those deformities, so it doesn't look like a noble. Yeah. 
I hear that. Yeah. All right, well, let's roll some dice. Let's talk about these guys. I'm going black again. Oh, final. All right, I got it. Oh. 18. Two. Guys. Oh, we got a nine. All right. Atlanta. All right, Megan, take it away again. I'll start talking to myself <laughs> here. Uh, so let's start from role-playing aspects of these ones. I would like to have a large almost plot hook or adventure that you can have with these because they do technically reside within the Underdark along with the other like ones that were banished, obviously. All the Fomorians are born into the family in the colony that are these. And then if you are not inducted, or inducted, like added into like the warlock patronage, then you become one of the crawlers. And yeah. we take Ooh. your clothes. Yeah, that, that works <laughs> yeah. for them. You right? are stripped naked. Because like it goes thrown. back to our original conversation of the the crawl of the crawlers is that yeah. or do they exist as Fomorians and then turn into these because they just adapt to the fact that they crawl in the tunnels, or are they born this way after that? No, they're not born this way after that. They're born to the colony where these ones exist, and then the ones that get cast out end up turning into these crawlers, and that's where they now come from years and years later. So that they still continue to exist as, you know, they crawl through the tunnels, bring things back to kind of maintain this economy that they've created below ground. Ooh. And I will go one step further on that. Am yeah. I next? Yes. No, I'm no. not. Damn it. Well, too bad. Um, <laughs> Taking it, she says. These could pretend, because these are not quite as powerful and, like, challenge rating as the noble, but they do have way more similarities in, like, spell casting and stuff to them, and they aren't as, you know, hunched over. They would see themselves as above. Yeah, they yeah. have clothing. They have clothing. <laughs> so, they could easily be the ones that got cast out, and in their their search of trying to find just some semblance of relatability and family, yeah. they get corrupted by the other Fomorians that are, you know, more ghastly and deformed. Yeah. And so they start behaving that way. 100%. There you go. Okay, Agreed. you go ahead, Adam. Adam, do your thing. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, I've been so patient. So, uh, for role-playing, these guys are megalomaniacs. Yeah. Out of all of them, these are the ones that said, oh, we got punished for, for trying to get power. Everybody else said, well, fuck it, we're going to dig down into the Underdark, get some loincloths, and just give you the old evil eye. These guys are like, no, no, fuck it, I deserve that power. Yeah. And I'm going to get it any way I fucking yeah. can. That's how it's going to make so a these, bad deal. These or a good deal, actually. are going to be the leaders of the Fomorian, like, you would have regular Fomorians, and this is the one that actually runs the show. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to be down here in the Underdark, we need to be masters of it. You'll also notice that these guys live in the Underdark. They've adapted to the Underdark in a lot of ways, but they don't have sunlight sensitivity, which a lot of shit down here does, which means they can raid the world up above, and there's no limit for them. There's no curse or anything that keeps them from going up into the material plane. Yeah, so, let's do it. So this one in particular, by the way, I hate the design of it because give it fucking darkness. Why does it not have darkness as a spell? Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. you are right. You're correct. You've got you've got dark vision. You've got devil sight. You've got the creeping gloom. It should also be able to just burn an action at yeah. will. Darkness. Right? Yeah. So walk around walk in that darkness zone. forever. And yeah. that should be honestly the thing that it that, like its initial thing that it does is drops you into darkness because it can see and you can't. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. So, I mean, I'd have to CR a little bit, especially if this is happening above ground. Your players aren't ready for it, but... Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, for the expiration of these ones, uh, talking about that pillar a little bit, I feel like... 
their layers are going to be like that weird in between of super organized and super dirty, you know, because they're like underground. <laughs> they're, they're still scroungers in my mind. They're not going to be of the uh, noble aspects of where everything is prestigious, no. like everything's beautiful, everything's clean. But there is going to be a society that you come into. You're going to walk in. There's going to be like, because again, in my, it's a cult, right? So yeah. everyone's going to have a role. Everyone's going to have a responsibility. You have your greeters. You have your, you're going to come into a contact with a couple of different ones as you're kind of getting into this exploration piece. Um, but I feel like if you're just coming into like their land and where they exist, you're going to find out, a, you're going to find a bunch of cast out weapons with weirdly carved runes that to the naked eye look like regular weapons, but they just have runes carved into them, but they've been cast because they're not normally, they're not used anymore because the rune power is gone. Mm -hmm. Right? So I feel like if you're going to be wandering in this area, you're probably going to come across a lot of these random weapons being thrown about because they're, they're useless. Right? That's just what One of these weapons I assume is going to be a huge size disposable razor because <laughs> she slash they definitely shaves her slash their legs. Oh, 100%. That yeah. is... I mean, none of the Fomorians ever have hair, but I... Th th there's been... There's been some care given to this. Well, it comes from the fact that they, they come inherently from a species... In inherently, I Inherently get it. Yeah. come from a species that is of the weird noble eye of being the beautiful version of... Right. ...existence. Which, unfortunately, even in our society, is hairless. Mm -hmm. So, like a fucking man dolphin. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> we love a slippery dolphin. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. I wish I could make dolphin noises. That was the time. That was it. the time. <laughs> Are you gonna go find a dolphin noise to put in there? Now? <laughs> I will. Yes. We can yes, make, try and make Dan make a dolphin noise. Uh, no, he just said. Spouting out his blowhole. I'm sorry. <laughs> Casey, you've saved us from this exploration. <laughs> I'm, I'm not next. It's no, it's, Adam. it's me next. Oh, this Lord. Is the problem. I, no, I was going to say that was your exploration piece. We're done here. Okay, great. <laughs> That's exploring something else about yourself. God damn it, Adam. <laughs> um, no, the exploration for these guys is the fact that they are going to be in the middle of these shiny grottos full of beauty. They're going to surround themselves with it. And I think that. Um, because they are clearly just looking at them the way that they're more upright, they're wearing clothes, they have got this little bit of power. They are reaching for that glory that they lost, right? And so they're going to surround themselves with, with beautiful, wonderful things and be absolutely malicious fuckers yeah. to anybody that fails them, right? Like just the quickest to turn on someone. Yeah. Execution. What so... I appreciate that they threw in something about runes because that is a big thing in like Giants giant lore. Yeah. And so I kind of want to see them as like being a like one off. They're not around any other Fomorians, but they're working for the stone giants or yeah. something that are that's where they learned to like intricately carve the blood runes on things. Maybe they're making more for and they're doing deals behind the scene yeah. to give out these items that have the runes on and have some kind of power in them. And I like that they could potentially like I see them in the tavern in the town with like their cloak and hood up 
where they're trying to be incognito, but then they're doing deals and shady deals at that mm -hmm. with using their abilities and using their knowledge about runes to really fuck with people. Like making, having their own blood rune item that they can, you know, show off being like, yeah, this is, I made this. <laughs> Yeah. And then I made it. <laughs> and then making one for just a regular warlock and it doesn't fucking work. And so they just like take people for their money and give out this shit that does not work because it's unique to their own innate abilities as the <laughs> warlock of the dark. Yeah. And bringing them into more reality that way or more real like um you don't have to seek them out, you might encounter them that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to like combat aspects for these ones. So I feel like oh, there's so it, much. There is, but <laughs> just like the easiest one I can think of to like kind of talk about that's a little bit different is if you were to be hunting one of them, they would not be hard to find, in my opinion. They're going to be kind of that step below of like your nobles, where you're going to be, you're going to have to try. You know where they are, but it's hard to get to them. Because yeah, like there are warlords surrounded by minions. By minions. Whereas yeah. these ones are kind of the things where like they are. They have a society that now thinks they're similar to that aboveness, so people know where they are, but it's easy to get to them because they want you to see their majesticness. Mm. They want you to witness how great they are. Whereas the nobles are more like the lines of like, we're above you, we don't care, I don't have to show off my powers to you. Right. These ones want to show off. They're going to have like enclaves of battle to prove who is the best, mm. right? So they're going to be very famous, they're going to be easy to hunt and very easy to track down. And I think that of all of them, the nobles will hate them the most because it's a perversion of the majesty that the nobles actually have. Yes. Yeah. It's like a weird Kmart version of the nobles. Yeah. Like <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. That cloak looks terrible on you. <laughs> what about you, Adam? For combat, there's one thing that stands out here above everything else, and that is the fact that the corrupting hex does not allow you to repeat your save. Yeah. If you if you fail, then you are cursed for 24 hours. And there's nothing in it about if you succeed, you're immune for the next 24 hours. No. No. You could do it again on the next round. Yeah. Which means the very first thing it's going to do is use two great club attacks and then take out spellcasters. The whole thing is removing other spellcasters 100% from this. Because we have the uh, devil sight, so I see through your magic bullshit. I have resistances so I can just choose to succeed on shit and I'm going to knock you down so that you have to uh, pass a save in order to fucking cast a spell in the first place. Yeah, man. And then once they've reduced them all to prone and crawling around like the little pathetic wizards that they are, this thing is going to start dropping Eldritch Bursts, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. But, Ooh, and then the... And then the um... The deep crawlers are just gonna drag those pro bodies. Oh, away. Oh, yeah. They come out of like uh, just out of the corner of the They're darkness. They like pull yours. you into a, a side tunnel, right? Oh, it drops a darkness on you when you're walking past a bunch of just like holes in the ground. Oh god! It's like it's like whack a mole in the dark. And that's the thing you would probably assess for traps, but it's not inherently a trap. So as a DM, would you give that to them if they rolled well for it to be like you see a bunch of like glowing eyes in the holes? Like, that's as far mm -hmm. as I would go. But it's mm -hmm. not inherently a trap. You would just notice something weird about it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, again, you want to get this poison on absolutely everybody as quickly as possible, yeah. right? Um, unfortunately, you can only target one person at a time, but target the spellcaster. Yeah. Because you then need to hit them with this. You're going to take them out of the game. 
And everybody is a charisma-based uh, spellcaster. So they're going to have a high enough charisma anyway to, to beat that Corrupting Hex. So you need to knock them down with a constitution. And then hopefully negate their ability to uh, to beat that DC 16 intelligence check. Yeah. Right? So um, your problem's going to be sorcerers. Because they get the, the bonus to constitution and charisma saves. Yeah. Those right. are the ones that they're going to be able to... Uh, Negate this nonsense. Yeah, to, to push back. So... Yeah. But they're D6, so they're getting two great clubs to the back of the head. Fair. Right. So that's that's where I'm coming at with, with these guys. Uh, also, it's utterly fucking ridiculous that it can't cast darkness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, and the the spellcasting that it has, like, it has detect magic, which I think will allow it per- perhaps to find the most powerful like entity and player to try and target it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also has um detect thoughts, suggestion, and telekinesis. So this is where also the arrogance comes into play. Like yep. I feel like it's going to like if something poses more challenges, like that sorcerer does have those abilities to like, you know, resist some of the stuff it throws at it, it's gonna start using that and being like you come over here. I think you should join me mm-hmm. and cast suggestion or talk in its brain. I think that's what telekinesis is, right? Uh, <laughs> it's their version no, of, no, charming. No, no, no. of charming. No, 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 no. Telekinesis is that's telepathy. Telekinesis is oh yeah, telepathy. is moving shit with your with your mind, right? Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Like I feel like it's going to then start doing fuckery like that because yeah. it has like. That higher charisma. This is where you. This is how you get rid of your sorcerer in battles with telekinesis because they have to make a strength save. They can't against your your DC, which is sixteen in this. They're not gonna be able to do it, and then you just fucking yeet them thirty feet away. Oh yeah. my god! And they get dragged across, get drappled and dragged by a crawler. And keep in mind, and keep in mind, they might be prone while you do this from the corrupting hex. So it's gonna take them forever to get back to you. What a great time for these. So this is. Surprisingly powerful. If you can stack these up in the right order, yeah. I yeah. think the goal here is to split your party. Yeah, agreed. Especially in a tunnel system. It would yeah. make sense. Right? Or or have enough minions to distract half of them so you can absolutely fucking trounce one or two of them. Yeah, just yeah. trample. Do you just think trample. the the CR of 12 is appropriate with how, how much you can work with? I think if you're fighting with one, it's appropriate. I think if you're yeah. fighting with it and a bunch of minions in its own layer with a couple of them... It would increase the CR for sure, but yeah. if you're just fighting one one on one, it's squishy enough that and arrogant enough that you could probably down it. Well, the way that the CR works is not is this a appropriate level for a level twelve party? It's right. Is yes. this deadly for a level? Well, will a player character die at level twelve? And the answer is no. Right? If they're twelve or above, they're fine. If they're eleven, one of them might die. Yeah, that feels about right. Yep, I feel it. Okay, fair enough. All right, final thoughts about any of the three. Uh, I like them. They don't all work well together. No, but, but they all fun. like in, in society they work well together, but in their own separate societies. Yeah, and they right. also work really well. Each of them are fine with the base Fomorian. Yeah, right. If you go back to the base, you can put any one of these in with them, and it's going to boost them up. You have to keep in mind that the base Fomorian will be the the slaves of the nobles. Yeah. Right? They're going to be around um, all of the time as minions to these guys. Right? And the moment you start stacking Fomorians on, 
let's take the Warlock of the Dark, for example. That's CR-15. You put two regular Fomorians on there. It's a, That's a CR-17. Or, sorry, it was 12 before. It's a CR-17 now. You put five or six of them on. You have a, a decent fight against your, your party in Tier 4. Yeah, that's very fair. All right, well, we're near the end of the episode, so that means it is time for a quick info break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideals with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit, r slash it's a mimic, where we keep a place for you to ask mailbag questions as well as our episode guide. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagements like that help us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. Okay, so Fomorians, what wine are we drinking? So I looked it up because I wanted to see if I could find one that was good for Fomorians. Because when we did the Fomorians episode, we were talking about other things. It was a very non-connected bottle of wine. There is a wine called FOMO, which <laughs> technically is stands for fresh out of Moscato. But it's a sweet wine, obviously, because it's, it's a Moscato. Isn't it fear of missing out? That's the thing, is I would switch it, because and, and that, to me, is a Fomorian. That's so funny that a Fomorian is F-O-M-O, yeah. fear of missing out. That's... So I was like, it's so perfect. Wow. That's the wine I would drink if I was to, like, if I mean, we were to do a full episode of them. It wasn't yeah. designed that way, but, like, reverse engineering that, uh, it lines up nicely. Works phenomenally. And when you think about how they work as a society, like, they got fucked over and cursed of course, they were, they're missing out on society, so they're building their own. Yeah. Right? Like, and they're taking from different places that they can see. Like, yeah. it's just what they do. So I, I just, like, as soon as I saw that wine, I was like, perfect. This is the one. <laughs> cool. Incredible. Yeah. Anyway, that is all for this part of our discussion on Fomorians in D&D 5th edition. Please take a second to engage with a like, follow, comment, and review to help push our engagement. And don't forget to subscribe to find future inspirations for your campaigns. If you'd like to support us, we have a store with some merch and a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and other podcast apps. Thanks for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits, and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. Uh, for abilities, they do have some neat things that tie in as well. <laughs> you gonna be alright, big guy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna swirl my beverage. <laughs> Just because Dan's here doesn't mean you have to channel it, you know? <laughs> Look up when you cough. When you cough. <laughs> <laughs> it forces whatever is in your throat out. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Well, when you swallow a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we will be cutting that and posting it to the to the ladies chat. Oh my god. How are we gonna make it through two episodes? <laughs> with with gin. <laughs> I've learned the
and gin is not my beverage for being coos. <laughs> All right, you good? I'm sorry, you were saying? <laughs> Are you crying out of me? A little bit. Does it have a hair Like scoop? it basically, yeah. Like it it kind of does. Like if it just came a little further down to cover up the clothes. The other clothes eye, eye, yeah. And it just has the... You know, yeah, I love it. The big eyeball peeking out from the. Where are you? Yeah. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get off, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You can put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Sung in under comments. <laughs> or in giant, either one. Voila. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Jin. Well, that's it. Fly, my little dragons. Have a fantastic day.